This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So a funny thing is happening in 2020. And while gross stocks have outperformed value, as we all know, we can't really escape that fact, value has also seemingly caught a bit of a bid over the last month. Now, we've seen some of this before, and it didn't last real long. So I'm a little reluctant to, you know, totally dive in and uh, trust what I'm seeing. But it is the most encouraged I've been in quite some time that possibly, you know, value could be seeing some rotation here. And the reason I, I am really noticing it is because in my Zach's value investor portfolio, I think I have something like nine or 10 stocks now out of 20 positions that are busting out to new 52 week highs in the value portfolio. So I don't remember the last time that happened that a bunch of them are hot around the same time. So I'm not, you know, I'm not questioning it. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. But I am seeing a bit of a difference in some of the trends we've seen throughout this year. So that's a good thing for us. Now, I decided to take a little bit deeper dive into if, if I'm just seeing it in my own portfolios and some of the stocks I follow or if it really is a thing out there. So I took a look at the Vanguard Small Cap Value ETF, ticker VBR is that one. And it's up 5.9% over the last month. That's versus 5.1 for the S&P 500. Now, growth is still outperforming uh, by a considerable amount, but it's the first time I can remember in a while that the small caps have outperformed the S&P over you know, more than a week. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, the growth, the VBK, is up 12.4 over the last month. I took a look also at the large caps thinking maybe you might see similar there, but it wasn't as good at the large cap. So the large cap growth ETF, VUG for the Vanguard one, is up 7.3, while the value ETF, VTV, is up just 1.9 over the last month. And some of that is because the large cap value fund um, owns the big banks, like the JP Morgan is in there in the top 10, and some of them haven't been doing so great and maybe been holding back a bit on the large cap side. But small cap value is also heavily financials, so you'd think that that might be holding that back. So I haven't taken a look at the small cap banks, but maybe there's been a little bit of a rally in there, um, and then we're seeing rally in other small cap areas. So where are the hottest value stocks? We know it's not the banks, right? Even if it is the small caps doing not quite so badly, they're still not the place you really wanna be here. I would say for most value investors, look at any kind of home-related stocks and look at the autos, because both of those have been real hot value areas. And I know we've talked endlessly about the home builders on the podcast, and those would still qualify as hot value stocks. Um, so don't discount the home builders just because, you know, I'm a broken record and I keep mentioning them. They still have great Zach's ranks and they're still cheap with many of them with single digit PEs or, you know, 12 times, 13 times, things that just aren't that expensive here. So keep the home builders in mind too, but you might want to look a little bit beyond that for the other home related stocks like I've been saying, like the home furnishing side, 
um, even work from home, any of these areas are still going to be the trends into the end of the year. So I thought I'd do a screen trying to look for the hottest value stocks. And that would mean value stocks, you know, near their 52 week highs, those that are breaking out. And I did the screen with in 10% of that 52 week high. So it gives a little bit of wiggle room. You don't have to be exactly at it, but you gotta be at least close to it. And I used a Zach style score of A to get me the value that's on the value um, style score. And that's the top style score. And then it had to have a Zach's rank of one or two so we can get those rising earnings estimates. So we don't get hopefully, you know, too much of a value trap type of stack. And I only got 14 stocks when I screened for that, but the rank itself is gonna uh, narrow it down a bit. And then the style score is two, and then it's gotta be near that high. So it's gotta be pretty high. So we only got 14 stocks. So I pulled out five stocks in kind of the key areas that I think are doing well right here. And obviously these stocks, these stocks are. <laughs> so they're in, in that range and they're all still with the value components still um, underlying them. So I would say it's not too late to get into what's going on with a bunch of these because this is more than just like a, a week or two week trends with these stacks. Okay, so what are they? Let's dive right in. The first one is Group One Auto. GPI is the ticker. There's a lot of auto retailers that made the list. So Group One Auto is one of them. Earnings expected to be up 28% here in 2020 and another 5.6% in 2021. Still dirt cheap with a PE of 8.8. This is X number one, strong buy. Year to date, these shares are up 23.5%. They just recently spiked higher. And as we know, the auto sales have been really strong and continue to be here into the fall, especially on the used car side. Obviously used cars cheaper than the brand new. Um, so we're going for a little bit of a value on the car buying, but a lot of people are buying those cars because they don't want to take public transportation and they just want a, a new car to you know, do their cross country trips, their staycation types of things and all that. So auto industry is doing quite well here as we can see and the retailers are at the front end. Now they sell uh, you know, various makes of the cars and they sell in multiple states and they sell new and used and do repairs and all that. So it's the complete package, Group One Auto GPI. Second one is also an auto retailer with a little bit different spin. I've talked about it before, Penske, ticker PAG. So Penske, also a big auto retailer. I always am reminded whenever I hear the name Penske with the Indianapolis 500, right? With the um, Penske racing team and all of that. But Penske, the auto retailer also um, is in the United Kingdom. So that's a little bit different than some of the other auto retailers. It does have international exposure. And right now there are some outbreaks of COVID happening in the UK and some uh, restrictions, shutdowns, things being added over there. A lot of the auto retailers have figured out how to sell online, and uh, so they've gotten better at doing that. So I don't think the impact is going to be big, but if they have to shut down some of their you know, dealerships, then it's a little bit different um, equation and could impact earnings. So keep that in mind. That's true of anywhere in the world right now, right? 
but Penske, they got the UK. They also have a uh, truck logistics side of the business that the others don't have. And I like anything with the freight, with transportation right here. So I like that component of their business um, a lot. And that often gets overlooked. So the PE on this one is just 12.6. So also pretty cheap. It's a Zacks number two, a buy. The earnings for this year are getting hit. And that's probably because a lot of their dealerships were completely shut down, like in the UK for some of the major months. And they're down 20%, but they're going to see a big rebound in 2021, up 34% for next year. What are these shares doing year to date? They've really uh, rebounded off those lows. They're only up 5.9% year to date, however. So a little bit um, underperforming maybe the S&P 500 there, but big rebound, still cheap, could still have some more in the tank here. Now, switching over to a different industry on the tech side is Synex. That's S-Y-N-N-E-X. And the ticker is S-N-X. It's a Zacks number one. That's the strong buy. They've already reported earnings. They're always one of the ones who reports early in the earnings season. So I've probably talked about them in the past, but this is one of the ones where you can't really figure out what they do. <laughs> so they are a business process services company, and they distribute a broad range of information technology systems and products globally. They also own Concentrix. That's like a, a fully owned subsidiary of theirs, which is customer engagement, helps the clients better connect with the customers. So all this is tech related, these big uh, tech systems that they help customers set up. And so when that is hot, um, Synex is as well. So for fiscal 2020, estimates are expected to be down 7.6 but rebounding for fiscal 2021 up 11.9%. These are cheap too with a PE of 12. I have seen Synex be a little bit cheaper than that because the shares are up now 14.2% year to date. Um, so it's gotten a little bit of a pop off the strong earnings, but still cheap at 12 times. Number four stock I've talked maybe one time about in recent months, but it is a play on the housing and it's Whirlpool. They're making the list again. WHR is the ticker. They're about to report on October 21st. So if you're listening to this after October 21st, they've already reported earnings. So earnings for this year expected to be down 21.5% but a big rebound into next year of 26.5%. Shares are up big, up 38.4% year to date, and they're at two year highs. And some of the reasons why the shares are so hot is they did surprise on the last earnings with much stronger than expected numbers, even though earnings expected to be down this year because of the pandemic, still much better than everybody was anticipating. And that's part of how it works too, right? Is that people thought it was gonna be really bad, but the housing market is on fire in the United States and it's one of their biggest markets. And so a lot of people buying new appliances, especially as they're staying at home more. 
Um, a lot of a lot of appliances are getting a lot of big workouts, including just even the refrigerator. I know a lot of refri refrigerators were on back order. People I knew could not get a refrigerator for a couple months there in the summer. I don't know if they've caught up, but that's good news for the appliance makers. So how cheap is it? It's a little bit more elevated than some of the others, but it still has a PE of 16. So that's not too expensive. It's a Zacks rank number two buy. And as I said, it is about to report earnings. So we're gonna find out more of the details. Sticking on the housing theme, uh, our fifth stock is Bed Bath & Beyond, ticker BBBY. It has no PE because they're gonna lose uh, about 66 cents according to the analysts this year, but it's going to rebound back to $1.19 for next year. We'll see if they can do it. Um, it's been a while, but Bed Bath Beyond has been in a turnaround mode even before the pandemic hit. They have brought on all new management. They've been selling off a bunch of divisions. Just this week, they announced they're selling the Christmas tree shops. Have you ever been to one of those? I have. <laughs> Inside the mall, right? I didn't realize Bed Bath & Beyond even owned those. They do. They also selling the linen group that makes uh, like linen towels, linen bathrobes, things like that. And they're selling a distribution center in New Jersey and they're cashing it in for 255 million to try to you know, better enhance their balance sheet and focus on their core business. Now I support this because Bed Bath & Beyond owned a lot of different divisions. As I said, Christmas tree shops, they also used to own One King's Lane. Um, I think they still own Cost Plus. There's like a couple others other than Bed Bath & Beyond that you may not realize they own. They're trying to focus on more of the core. And some of those brands I just mentioned, like Cost Plus, may be part of that core, but they are trying to focus it. Um, their last quarter was really good. Their comps were up 6%, the first positive comp growth since 2016 for the company. But as we know, everyone was buying home goods online. We were all baking bread. I needed to make cookies. I needed some cookie sheets. I needed, you know, some um, rice cookers. I needed a coffee maker, like all this stuff. What will we need going forward? According to Bed Bath & Beyond, they have seen strong sales even past, um, you know, the initial lockdown period and a lot of it online. They are holding a um, investor day on October 28th. So we'll see what happens up until that uh, investor day, but we might find out uh, you know, what it's looking like here in the fall and what the holiday season might be shaping up to be during that investor day. So that's the next catalyst because they too just reported earnings not too long ago. So you got a couple months to wait for the next earnings report. So stay tuned for Investor Day on October 28th. Bed Bath & Beyond's earnings expected to be down 243% this year, but huge, uh, that's this fiscal year, huge fiscal jump next year, uh, up almost similarly 279%, like I said, going from a loss of 66 cents to $1.19. That's a big swing. Um, no PE, like I said, and the shares are up big, up 37.9% year to date over the last month, even bigger uh, gains in just the month. But if you look at that five-year chart, they had been near five-year lows going into the pandemic and after the coronavirus sell-off. Uh, it, it has not been good for Bed Bath & Beyond shareholders during that time. So even this, if you look at the chart, even this big increase this year 
is barely making a dent into where the shares have come from over the last five years. But as new investors, we're getting in fresh, right? We're getting in near the lows. So this is one where um, if you believe the turnaround story and that they can compete with some of these bigger competitors like the Targets and um, Amazons, then this is one to keep on your list. But BBBY, for those of you in the Zach's Ultimate, you know that I own it in the Insider Trader. Yes, one of the insiders did buy uh, several months ago, and we were able to get in um, believing that they knew what was going on behind the scenes. And apparently they did. So um, that's why it's owned in the Insider Trader. But again, you don't necessarily miss out on these big stock gains if you're a value investor because these still have value characteristics. So while you know they may cool off, these rallies may pull back because some of them have been incredibly fierce, the valuations are still pretty attractive here. So we're not talking about overvalued stocks like you would with the growth stock where you know the forward PE is like 200 times or something. No, these these are all, um, you know, very attractively priced on a PE level here and have the good Zacks ranks of ones or two. So hopefully we see further earnings estimates, revisions higher on all of these when they do report earnings or update us on an investor day type of thing. So keep that in mind. Now, it does take some digging to find some of these hot value stocks right here and ones that do have momentum. Um, and you're not always going to get in perfectly at the bottom or even close to there. But if they have been beaten down, which some of these had been, and now they're turning it around, like I said, with Bed Bath & Beyond, it takes a long time to, to really turn around once you're at those five-year lows. So keep that in mind. And with some of these, the trends that is fueling the gains in the stock and in the earnings and sales is uh, multi-year trends. The home isn't really going anywhere. Going into this winter, I think many of us realize we are gonna be spending a lot of it at home um, until there's a vaccine or other treatments for COVID. So that home trend is still gonna be there. And um, I know I'm still gonna be eating a lot at home and baking and spending my time. So. Keep that in mind with a lot of these home-focused stocks like Whirlpool and Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, tech is also still going to be strong as we continue to work from home and as uh, you know the digital world and the streaming and even social media, how we connect continues to be technology-driven uh, during this pandemic. So a lot of the tech stocks, uh, the cheap ones or the growth, growthy ones, the non-cheap ones, uh, still have that trend intact. And then on the auto side, there still is strong demand on the auto side. And we could, uh, again, continue to see that. And we should continue to see it through the winter months here. So let me recap the stocks again, because some interesting ones in the screen. And uh, these are all the ones with the momentum. So we had Group 1 Auto, GPI. We had Penske, PAG. We had Cinex, SNX. We had Whirlpool, WHR, and we had Bed Bath & Beyond, BBBY. Remember when I used to rage on Bed Bath & Beyond as a value trap? Yes, that was years ago um, when it was cheap. It was paying that dividend, but uh, it had the old management, and it was not seeing you know, growth in earnings, and its same-store sales were 
horrible. So things have really turned around there. You just never know with some of these retailers, right? Sometimes you can you can turn it around and uh, Bed Bath & Beyond so far looks to be on the right track. But uh, remember, I'm trying to bring you the value stocks every week. A lot of the screens are coming up with some similar ones we've talked about in the last numerous podcasts because we're about to enter earnings season when all the earnings estimates are going to change. We're going to see different stocks coming through for the Zacks rank. And that's going to mean some new names, hopefully, on the value side of things. But we know what trends are working right now. Home, home builders, autos, those are the strongest on the value side. There are other value stocks, the banks and energy, but those are still pretty much dead sectors, much longer term outlooks and, um, you know, not not as valueness here, more like value traps on some of those other areas. But we'll be watching all of them. So you want to subscribe. You want to get us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or two for one with the Market Edge on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll be back again with more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.